This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. We are in week two of our brand new series called Brand New. See how that worked out? We're in week two of our brand new series called uh, Brand New, and kind of our verse for this series has been 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. When we become a Christian, we give our lives to God. One of the most beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, amazing things about that is that the past is gone. Amen? Can, I get, can, we, can we get excited about the Cowboys? Can we get excited about that? Amen? Thank you. When, the past, when we get, become a Christian, the past is gone. The, what we've done before is forgotten. God has forgiven us. He puts it away, and he makes us what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. He makes us a new creation. And it's not some kind of external change on the outside where you look different or something looks better on the outside, but it's something that God does and is continually doing on the inside. And so what happens is, kind of what we talked about last week is what happens is as we enter into the new year, we start out with like Ryan was talking about, with new hopes and new dreams. And and what we try to do is the opposite of that. We try to make this external change. We say, I'm going to add something on the outside. I'm going to do this external change on the outside, hoping that it's going to make me a little bit better. It's going to improve my life just a little bit. It's external change, but the truth is that external change doesn't really do much for us. Because what God does is God creates an internal change that transforms us from the outside. And so our kind of our, our thought for this series Kind of the main idea for this series is that the greatest change or the greatest thing that could happen to you this year is not external change to to improve you a little bit, but internal change that comes from Jesus, internal change that creates external change. So the best thing that could happen to you this year is to be made brand new on the inside, brand new on the inside. And so our premise for this series is that if you want 2019 to be your best year yet, anybody want this to be your best year yet? Can I get a what, what? Yeah. Anybody wants this to be their best year yet? My, my idea, and I would say, let's try it out, see if it works, is that you focus on making 2019 your best year yet in your relationship with God. You focus on making this your best year spiritually and see if God doesn't transform you from the inside out creating that external change that you might be looking for. And so we started out last week and I challenged you to focus on these three areas of your life this year. He said, focus on these three areas of your life this year and see if God doesn't transform you from the inside out. The first one was this, God tells us to draw near to us. And so my challenge to you is to ask yourself this question, am I a worshiper? This year in 2019, can I become a worshiper of God? Not just in here where we raise our hands and worship and shout out to him, but worship him for all the good things that he's done. Constantly remind ourselves and remember what he does and is doing in our lives and worship him, be grateful for that, draw near to him and worship. Secondly, I challenge you to ask yourself this question, am I feeding daily? 
Am I growing in the word? Is, am I allowing it to shape me? Am I holding it close? Am I allowing myself to be transformed by the word of God? And then thirdly, am I connecting regularly? Am I in discipleship? Am I in a community group? Am I um, here with the body of believers regularly being shaped and encouraged and inspired to grow closer to Jesus? And, and my challenge last week was that if you'll focus on those three things this year, if you'll commit to them and you just try it out, say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to these three things this year that I believe that God would shape you and change you from the inside out. So that was last week. Pretty good sermon, huh? This week, we're gonna talk about something a little bit more uh, challenging. We're gonna talk about physical fitness. Y'all excited about that one? I'm gonna be leading a CrossFit workout at the end of service. <laughs> We're going to talk about physical fitness and how it connects to the spiritual. How many of you guys made a New Year's resolution this year? You can raise your hand. Don't be scared. Y'all are scared too after last week, aren't you? If you, this is something interesting. I found this week. I looked at this study, and well, it was a, it was a, an article there. I don't know if you call it a study, but they polled a whole bunch of people and they asked them what their New Year's resolutions were. And I'm going to give you the top ten really quickly, and, and I want you to notice the pattern in these top ten. Thirty-eight percent of people said that their New Year's resolution was that they wanted to exercise more. That was number one. Number two, thirty-three percent of people said they wanted to lose weight in 2019. Number three, 32% of people said they wanted to eat more healthy in 2019. Then 15% of people said they wanted to take a more active approach to their health. 12% of people said they wanted to focus on their well-being. Another 12% said they wanted to spend more time with family. Another 12% said they wanted to drink less alcohol. Another 9% said they wanted to stop smoking. And then finally, 1% was just other. I don't know what other is, but all the other stuff that falls in there. And if you were keeping track of those, six of those 10, and you could even say seven of those 10, at least six of them had to do with the physical body. Do you notice that? Some kind of change that we want to happen, something that we want to be different about the physical body, including the top four. And as I was reading that list, and as I was looking at that list, what kind of stuck out to me and what I begin to think about is that what this kind of reveals to us or shows us, even if we don't really see it, is that people want to take back control of their physical bodies, right? Like we want, most of us want a new physical health. I want to work out. I want to eat right. I want to get in shape. Like I actually heard some really good advice on how to eat healthier, eat better. Y'all want to hear it? I'll tell you. So number one was it said, if you want to eat healthier, what you got to do is in the morning, you got to eat like a king. Sounds good, right? Eat like a king, take it all in, get all of it. Then at, at lunchtime, eat like a prince. So really good, but not quite like a king, right? And then at dinner time, you got to eat like a servant. So just a little bit of food, right? And that sounds like a great idea. Doesn't it like sounds good? My problem is like eight, nine o'clock. You hear that little voice, that still small voice? Long live the king. Long live the king. And that's when I'm busting, get out the popcorn, all that kind of stuff. And anyways, long live the king, baby. That's what y'all are going to be thinking now, right? Long live the king, right? But regardless, what I would say is that most people, and probably all of us in here, would like something about our physical health to be different. And I know you look at me and you're like, what would Mike want to be different? I wouldn't mind a little bit of hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't be that upset about it. Um, but what this reveals, all this reveals, all this to say is that we, I think, 
in some way, shape, or form, we feel controlled by our physical bodies. We feel like I'm not in control. My body's in control. It, it does what it wants. It guides me once. I don't feel like I'm in control of my body. And what we want in 2019 or probably every year is people want to take back control. On some level, we want to take back control. That's why we put that as my New Year's resolution. I want to take back control. I'm going to, I'm going to choose what I eat. I'm going to choose to work out. I'm going to, choose, I'm going to take back control for my body. And what I would say is that that's actually very much a spiritual thing. You say, well, how? Well, what, what we believe is that we are, the human, the, the human person, is actually a triune being. And so we believe that we're made up of, of really three parts. And the first part of that is our bodies, the physical body. And so our body has desires like food, uh, sex, sleep, these physical needs that we have, these five senses that are these cravings and desires that are the physical body, the flesh that has needs, these desires. Then the second part that we're made up of is the mind. The mind is your emotions, it's your ego, it's your willpower, your self-esteem, your pride, right? These, that's the mind aspect. And then the third part of the equation is the spirit or the soul. And so our soul is, is the part of us that's going to live forever, ever. The body's going to die. Our soul's going to live forever. The soul is the part of us that uh, is, was uh, connected to God. And so we're made up of really these three parts of who we are, uh, body, soul, and, and, or body, mind, and spirit. And the problem with this is that all three of those parts of us fight for control. All three of those parts of you, you ever feel that tension? All three of those parts want control. So what happens is if the body's calling the shots, the body doesn't care about the mind. The body doesn't care about the soul. And so if the body runs rampant, it's, it's, it's has all these cravings and desires that it wants to chase, all these cravings that it wants to indulge in, whether these are sexual desires or, or desires to eat or, or whatever that looks like. And if we let the body run rampant, if we let the body have complete control, then the body's going to destroy the mind. The body's going to destroy the soul because it doesn't really care about those things. And it's the same way with the mind. If we let the, the emotions run rampant, then we're driven by our self-esteem. We're driven by our pride. We're driven by emotions, which can be all over the place. Am I right? They can go all over the place. So we get run by our emotions and, and, these, and, and, and the need to be liked or the need to be loved. And so we're run by that. That becomes a thing that runs and rules our life. And if you're not careful, chasing being loved or chasing being uh, respected or chasing being these things that the mind desires, that pride, will destroy your body. You'll destroy your body as you chase those things. You'll destroy your soul as you chase those things. But God's design for the human, God's design for us, is that the soul would be in charge. That the spirit would be in charge. That those two things, our mind and our bodies, would be in submission to the spirit. Would be in submission to the spirit. Romans 7 talks about this idea of, of, of the spirit fighting the body. Spirit fighting the body. As a matter of fact, when Paul talks about this in Romans 7, we're about to read in just a second, he calls the body the body of death. He says the body is the body of death. And he says this thing as we, if, if, as we read it. He says, I have these desires to do good. I have these desires to do what is right, what I know is right, what I know is best for me to be holy. He said, but there's this sin that's living in me, that's in my body, and my body has control, and I can't control it. And there's these internal parts of me that are just running wild, that are just out of control. And he says, I hate myself for it. He says, I hate myself for it. And, and I bet if we're honest, there's some of us in here 
maybe we hate ourselves today. And you're looking at your life and you're looking at the way you live and you look at how your body's out of control or, or there's this sin in your life that's just ruling you and you're going, man, I, I hate myself for it, but I just feel out of control. Like I hate it. I want it to be different, but I just feel, I feel like it's, I just feel like I can't control it, man. And Paul feels that same thing. He says, I hate myself. He says, he says, I don't know what I should do, but he says he's frustrated because he feels like the body or what the Bible calls the flesh is in charge. Let me read it for you. He says, Romans 7, verses 18 through 24. He says, for I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my flesh, the body. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there, I, there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil things that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I am no longer the one doing it, but is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this principle when I want to do what is good, evil is with me for my inner self, that, that soul, my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law. I joyfully agree with God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war. That's that fight for control, that fight for control, that waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. And he finishes, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body, this dying body? He says, I have the desire to do good, but there's sin living in me. He says, I want to do good, but there's this thing in me, this sin that's driving all of this, that's, that's this external thing driving me. And y'all see that question? He said, who will, who will rescue me? Who will rescue me from this dying body? Essentially, he's saying, how can I get out of this cycle? And maybe you're in here today and you're saying, how do I get, how do I get out of this cycle? How do I do it? And, and, and we think, what should the answer be? The, the answer should be buckle down and try harder, right? The answer should be buckle down and do more, fix it. You can do it. You can do it. Just work harder, try harder, keep going. You can get there, right? You can do it. Just come on, push through. And, and that idea is basically I can rescue myself if I just try hard enough. But that's not what Paul says. Matter of fact, he says something that's really just strange. He just goes through this whole thing where he's like, I'm a wretched man. I feel out of control. I'm so frustrated. The sin is running me. The body's running me. He says, what can I do about this? I feel worthless. And then verse 25, 725, he says, but I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. What? Does that seem weird to anybody else? I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm out of control, my body, there's sin, is destroying me. I thank Jesus. What? He says, I thank God through Christ our Lord. Jesus, excuse me, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind, I myself am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh to the law of sin. And Paul says this really interesting thing. He says, thanks be to Jesus. Not because of all these things, but then if we go on and we read the next chapter, he talks about how Jesus sets us free from this, how Jesus, if the spirit is in control, if the soul is in control, we will find life and we will find healing and we will find joy <laughs> and we'll find peace if we can allow the spirit to take control and defeat the body. He says, but if we allow the body to stay in control, if we allow the flesh to stay in control, then there's going to be destruction. And many of us, we feel that tension. I feel that tension in my own life, right? We, we feel that tension and we're frustrated by it. And Jesus is going to, or Paul's going to say, the answer here 
is to give over control to the Spirit. Let the Spirit be in control. You say, so what do we do, right? How do we do this? And this is important because if we let the body to continue to have control, one, it's going to destroy you. It's going to mess up your relationship with God. There is an enemy, the Satan, who is out to kill and destroy you. And maybe you're a Christian here today, so he's not going to be able to pull you from that. You're going to, you're going to you know, keep walking or whatever, but he'll weaken you. He'll knock you off path if you stay in it. The second thing, he'll destroy your witness. And so what do we, what do, we do here? Because what, we've been talking about physical fitness, but what I want to talk to you today is not so much about physical fitness, but about a spiritual fitness. How we can get spiritually fit so that we give back over control to the spirit so that the body doesn't control anymore. First Timothy 4.8 says, <clears throat> excuse me, the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. So I want to talk to you today, not about physical training, but about some spiritual training, some, some things that we can do. And it, it, it won't necessarily be a solve all, it won't be a fix all, but some practical tools that I can hopefully give you and help you to maybe implement into your life that will help you allow to give control back over to the spirit of God in your life over the physical body. Anybody, anybody ever played that game, King of the Hill, growing up? You know what I'm talking about? That's what I picture here. <laughs> I picture these three parts of us that are fighting for the top, fighting for the top. But you know, the great thing about King of the Hill is once you become king, it's easy to stay on top, isn't it? They come crawling up, boom, get down. Like, Joel, come up, try to get up here right now. Come on, you want to try it? <laughs> and so if you're here today and you feel like you're ruled by the body, I want to just give you some, what I think are practical and some easy things to implement into your life to maybe help you give control back over to God. Give control back over to God. And this is definitely in conjunction with last week, being a worshiper, drawing near to God, feeding daily, being shaped by the word, connecting regularly to the body of Jesus, being encouraged, equipped, discipled. So last week I gave you three questions. Today I'm going to give you a few spiritual principles in the form of a question to help us take back control. And really by take back control, I mean give control over to Jesus. So the first question I want you to ask yourself, and I'd encourage you to write these things down because it's important that you write these down so that you can go back and look at them and be reminded of what you're trying to do here. The first question I want you to ask yourself if you want to give control back over to the Spirit of God is, am I offering myself daily? Am I offering myself daily? Romans 12 one says this, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your active, well, this is your spiritual worship. Daily, we need to be offering our bodies, our physical bodies as a living sacrifice to God, telling him I'm yours. And the way that I try to implement this in my own life and the way that I would encourage you to do is by beginning your day, priming yourself to do this. I read a book a while back, and I'm not going to tell you who it was written by because you'll just judge me. Um, but uh, I read a book about this author who every single day at the beginning of his day, he jumps in an ice bath. Anybody want to try that one? Right? At the beginning of every day, he jumps in the ice bath, and he says the reason why he does that is because he's priming himself for the day. I can think of some other ways to do that. But he's trying to prime himself for the day, getting him shocking himself. And his idea is that the reason why we uh, respond poorly in certain situations or the reason why we uh, act 
wrongly or badly or whatever, we're not prepared for certain things when life hits us is because our, we're not mentally and spiritually primed for the moment. Does that make sense? And so when it comes up, we're not prepared for it. We're not ready for it. And so I, I think that if we offer ourselves to God daily, what we're doing is we're priming ourselves, we're priming our mind, we're priming our body, we're priming our soul for the day. So when the moment comes, you're ready. And here's, here's what I mean by that is, is, is by telling God daily, I'm yours. And what I would encourage you to do, you could try an ice bath. I would encourage you to pray a prayer like this. And I would encourage you to write this down. Pray a prayer like this. God, today I'm yours. On your way to work, when you get up, when you're in the shower, whatever it is, pray a prayer like this. God, today I'm yours. And then just work your way down the body. God, today I give my mind to you. God, today I give my mind to you. God, my mind wonders. My mind's all over the place. My mind thinks about crazy things. It worries about things it shouldn't worry about. But God, today I give my mind to yours. I'm not going to meditate on what I shouldn't, but I'm going to meditate on things. I'm going to intentionally think about things that are good. I'm going to intentionally think about things that are lovely. I'm going to intentionally think about things that are praiseworthy, that are pure. I'm going to choose, God, today to think on things that you have done for me. Today, I'm going to focus my heart and my mind when bad things happen and where difficult things happen and I want to think negatively or I want to think sinfully. I'm going to focus on what you have done for me and how good you have been to me. I'm going to choose to set my mind to worship you and not think negatively. Negatively. Secondly, we just work our way down the body. I give my mind to you. God, today I give my eyes to you. Man, this one is for us. It's for everybody, but this is especially for us. God, today I make a covenant with my eyes that I will not look lustfully on a woman. God, today I give you my eyes that I will look at things that are pure and good and lovely. I will choose to set my gaze ahead and focus on what I'm going to put blinders on and not be distracted, right? I know I say this is especially for guys. I had a pastor friend that used to say, it's not the first look that gets you guys. It's the second one. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of times that thing comes in front of you, but it's this one that gets you, okay? God, today I choose to set my eyes on you. Lord, today I give you my mouth. I'm not going to say who this one's for. <laughs> God, today I give you my mouth. I'm going to put a filter on my tongue. I'm only going to say what is loving, encouraging, what is kind. God, let nothing unwholesome come out of my lips, but what is helpful and good for building up others. God, today I give you my mouth. God, today I give you my feet. God, keep my feet from evil that I will follow the path that you have set for me, that I will go where you send me and walk where you guide me. Lord, I give you my mind. God, I give you my eyes. God, I give you my mouth. Lord, I give you my feet. And I bet if you pray that prayer, like you might be thinking, Mike, you are crazy. But that is a prayer starting your day where you are saying, God, I am intentionally choosing to give over my physical body to you. And you're saying, today, I'm yours, God. Today, this is the standard I'm setting for my body. This is the standard I'm setting for my life, God. You take control. And I bet you, you pray that prayer, I bet God will honor it. I bet God will honor that prayer. Secondly, the second thing I would encourage you to ask yourself. So number one, am I offering myself daily? Number two, am I withdrawing weekly? Am I withdrawing weekly? Um, Statistically, most people, including pastors, we don't do great with the Sabbath. You say, what's the Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath is the day that God set aside to honor him, to worship him. You say, so go to church, right? That's the Sabbath. And 
Kind of, yes and no. But the Sabbath is set up to be a day where we set aside at least one day a week where we set aside to allow ourselves to become spiritually and physically refreshed by God. We allow our spirits and our physical bodies to be refreshed by God. It's a day where God has designed for us to come and to focus our hearts on him, focus our lives on him, to be renewed. And it's, it's, it's something that God designed for your good. So it's not just show up to church and I'm good. It's a day, it's a day of rest for your soul and your body. And, and what happens to us is that we get moving so fast and we're so busy and we're, we're moving and moving and moving and our bodies and our souls don't have time to rest, right? Like some of us are so busy that like we, like we, we don't even have time to eat. Like we're just, you gotta get a Pop-Tart. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta get a Pop-Tart. Like random side note, did you guys know that, that Pop-Tarts have microwave instructions? Three seconds. Like you don't got 30 seconds to put it in a toaster? Like seriously, if your if your life is so busy that you have to microwave a pop tart, you are in trouble. Okay. <laughs> but the biblical solution for this, if that's you and you're like, I had pop tart this morning, lunch, breakfast, and dinner. The biblical solution is slow down and rest. And you say, Mike, what the heck does that have to do with what we're talking about? Listen, when you are physically exhausted, your spirit loses control. When you are physically worn out, when you are physically exhausted, the body is screaming. The body says, I'm taking back that hill. And when you are physically exhausted, you become spiritually weak and you're tempted to sin. You're tempted to give up. You're tempted to give over to that body, which will then destroy your spirit and soul and create shame and sit in this whole cycle, right? Like for me as a pastor, just being honest with you guys, for me, one of my, the times I'm the weakest in my spirit is about a couple hours from now couple hours from now. I'm physically exhausted, spiritually exhausted, mentally exhausted. So if you want to tempt me to sin, a couple hours is your chance, right? <laughs> don't, don't do that. And, and I know that, right? So I know that about myself. I know when I'm exhausted. I know when we, so for me, I, I take Monday mornings, especially, or Mondays, and I just, I chill. I, I focus on Jesus. I try to recover. I try to rest my soul and my physical body. Because I understand that principle, and I, and I want that for you as well. Because if you are physically exhausted, you're going to become spiritually weak, and your physical body is going to take control. Your physical body is going to take control. And so it's important that you take time to rest. If you want the spirit to have control, you need to take time and rest. And I don't want you to feel like I'm getting on you today, because it's we all have busy seasons. Like I have busy seasons where I'm going for weeks at a time, and I don't take that time to rest. And and it's okay if you have rhythms like that. If you have a season of busyness like that, that's okay. It's not okay if it becomes a decade. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? It's okay if it's a season. We all have those seasons. But if it becomes the season becomes months, and months become a year, and a year becomes a couple years, that's a problem. You need to physically rest so you can be spiritually renewed. You have to allow the body rest and rejuvenation so the spirit stays strong and in control. Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 says, If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, but if you call the the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, seeking your own pleasure, or taking talking too much. That's interesting because talking too much. (laughs) He says, then you will delight. If you do these things, if you honor the Sabbath, then you will delight yourself in the Lord and I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father, Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
And you know what that means there at the end when he says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken? You know what that means? It means pay attention. <laughs> it means this is important. And so God has this cool promise. He says, honor the Sabbath, pay attention to the Sabbath, get soul rest on the Sabbath, get physical rest on the Sabbath. This is my promise to you. And the rest, the physical rest will empower your spirit. You say, I can't afford to rest. You can't afford not to rest, okay? And then lastly, I'll say this. And this may be the most important of all of them. If you say, man, Mike, I feel like, I feel like that physical part of me is just in control. I feel like that, that sin, I just can't beat it. I feel like there's that thing I just can't get control over. The last thing I would tell you to ask yourself this, ask yourself, is am I fully submitted to God? Like if there's that thing in your life that you just feel like it's in control, have you fully submitted it to God? Have you fully given him control over it? Anyways, Paul says when we read in, Chapter 7 there, if you, you notice that, he says, my mind becomes a slave, my spirit becomes a slave to Jesus. And you're like, what does that mean? We could go into a long thing about what that means. But essentially what that means is that he owns all of you. It means he's paid the price. It means he gets a say over every single area of your life. That means every area of your life should be submitted to his. There's nothing he can't touch. There's nothing he can't tell you what to do with. There's nothing that he doesn't direct or control or is in charge of over your life. He has saved your soul. He has paid the price for you. He is transforming you. He is making you new. But in order to make you new, in order to defeat that physical part of you that you need defeated, you've got to give it to him. In order to take control of you, in order to be fully transformed, you have to fully give yourself to him. And so maybe there's this, this morning, you've been walking through all that, and you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest. I'm going to pray that prayer that Mike told me to pray. But maybe this morning, there's still that other, that's just that, that 1%. Like you've given, you've given him the 99%, but there's, there's 1%. That you're just hanging on to. And I know some of the hardest things for us to give up is number one, it's hard to give control to God to our money, of our money. Secondly, it's hard to give control over to God of our kids because they're ours and we feel, you know, responsible for them. But there's all of us, myself included, we all have that one little thing that like there's a lot of sin in our lives that we don't mind giving up. You know what I'm talking about? There's a lot. Yeah, I gotta have that. Get rid of that one. But there, there's that one percent. There's that one little one that we we really like it. Right? We really enjoy it, really like it. But if you want to be fully transformed by God, if you fully want him to have control of you, if you want to be made brand new, you've got to give him that 1% too. You've got to give him that 1% too. You've got to, if you want God to take back control, you've got to fully give God control. Amen. So today is the band's going to come out and we're going to finish in worshiping Jesus. I want to encourage you to ask yourself those, those questions. I want to encourage you to ask yourself that question. God, am I fully submitted to you? God, have I fully given myself over to you? Maybe maybe 2018 you didn't. Maybe, maybe 2019 can be different. Let me ask you this question. Are you tired of being run by the body? Are you tired of letting the body be in control? Well, 2019, let's have a new brand of fitness. Let's have spiritual fitness. And let's see what maybe Jesus can do. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. God, thank you for this promise to make us brand new. Lord, I think it's, I think it's obvious when you just look at it. We, we want control over the body. And I know we started out talking about a physical fitness, working out and getting in shape and looking right. But there's that, 
that flesh, that internal part of us, of the body, that, that, that sin or whatever it looks like that we still maybe feel controlled by. And God, we, we, don't, we don't want to be controlled by anything except you. We want you to be in charge. We want you to have control. We want you to be the boss. And so, God, today we, we make a covenant to give our physical bodies over to you, God, our, our mind, our eyes, our mouths, our, our feet. God, take control, God. You, you rule our bodies. You rule us, Jesus. Lord, we, we choose to rest and be rejuvenated by you. Let us not let the physical body get so tired and weak that the spirit loses control, God. Help us to be wise in that. And then, God, help us to fully submit ourselves to you. God, we want you to be in control. We want you to be in charge. God, take control. We give ourselves completely to you. In Jesus' name.